Beat Sam, and that's my brother, Max Flowers, and this is Under the Influencer. A show where we sit down for a drink with the influential people of Tampa Bay. And we've had all types of people, and I don't know if I would have ever said, let's have somebody from the insurance world on, <laughs> but if we were going to, you are absolutely perfect. We are welcoming Parita Patel, a local influencer, but also, can I say, like, insurance mogul of Tampa Bay? Would that be a good one? (laughs) Sign me up for the title mogul. I like it. Yes. (laughs) You got to manifest it. We were saying that before we started. Also, later on this episode, Sam and I sit down in the conference room for a little mid-year review. That's all coming up. Tell us a little bit about about you and and what you do in the community. Absolutely. So I've been in Tampa since 2015. Um, Never thought that I would call this place home, but I grew up most of my life in Florida. Um, But I've been in Tampa and uh, the last place I expected to be was the insurance world. Nobody, you know, grows up thinking, hey, can't wait to sell health insurance. (laughs) Super sexy. Uh, Try to make it fun, though. But I've been doing that for uh, just under three years now. And prior to that, I was running a fitness company here. Oh, wow. In a lot of different spaces, um, you know, I'm one of the few people in my community that didn't go down the doctor path. <laughs> Both <laughs> my siblings are. That's what your parents want when you're Indian growing up. Like, hey, we're going into medicine or law or something like that. And I tried it. It wasn't for me. And now I'm on, you know, business side. Wow. So where did you go to school? I went to the University of Florida. Okay. Yep. okay. Nice. And then grew up in the greater Orlando area. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Because I was watching one of your videos today on Reels about how you it was about whether or not to go to college and like what it does for you. So was your journey in college like very, very different than where you ended up? I mean, I think so. Cause so I grew up under a rock. My parents tried to shelter me from the world, you know, (laughs) to a certain extent that's okay. But otherwise you wake up outside of that rock and you're like, what's going on out here? You know, (laughs) eventually you see the outside world. (laughs) And so when I got to college, I was like, who are people? What is alcohol? Like I didn't know what any of these things were. And Gainesville, that's a dangerous place to go on the journey. Oh, absolutely. My four years with the Tim Tebow years. So I was there at the same time then. No way. Well, I wasn't at UF. I was at Santa Fe. Um, but I was I was there when they won the the national championship. And yep. it was like, that was one of the most insane things to be a part of. Like just watching people pour out of houses and like take over the streets. Oh, yeah. And being in those four years, I became, I just learned that I'm not a good loser. Like I was just trained <laughs> to be a winner. Like I can't lose. Yes. Um, defines me who I am today. Right. But yeah, I mean, college for me was a chance to explore and to kind of really, really learn how to interact more with people. I did a lot of leadership stuff there. I was in the business program there. So I think it's a place where people should go for self-discovery. Because I don't think people spend enough time really digging into what their passions might be. And that's why people walk around. They're like zombies. They're just trying to existing on a regular basis, but they're not really going after something specific. So mm-hmm. in college, you have time to try things, explore things, see what your heart and your energy gravitates towards. Mm-hmm. So, And let's be honest, at 18, when we all leave high school and they're like, OK, you have to go to college, you have to pick a major. I'm like... Are what? Oh, right. What? I don't know what I'm going to choose. Like, I, wanted, I, I, I stayed undecided. I want to say like three out of four years. I was like, undecided sounds good. Right. Right. It'll know. come to me eventually. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I am majoring in undecided things. <laughs> yeah. And what does that I, pay? Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Would have never thought I would be in radio, but I, uh, I, I was a communications major. So communicating is in there somewhere. It yes. Out. To yes. the people. Yes, it's huge. <laughs> it's the most important like thing I think we need to all master is communication. Exactly. Well, especially now when um, you can literally have a podcast where communicating is uh, what it is. <laughs> it is crucial. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about I'm going to be honest, I don't know anything about insurance. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like you made it cool. 
Yeah. Or you're you're making like when I watch your videos, I'm like, oh my god, I want to sell insurance. Right? I do too. I'm like, I'm like, they look like they're having a great time. Yeah, you know, I've worked for a lot of different companies and you know different industries, and um, my goal has always been to create a place where people can feel at home and not feel like they're they're working for, or they're living for the weekends. You know, because I used to live in a world like that. I was in corporate America for five years, and that's where essentially your soul goes to die. Right. <laughs> Um, right, you're like Tuesday. Oh my God, three more days. Exactly. <laughs> People live for the weekends and then they just go crazy and then they're bored Monday through Friday. And I think to myself, I'm like, most of our life, it, there's a lot of time we're spending working. So I hope one day that I can create a culture and an environment where whatever you're doing is cool, but you're happy to be there and you enjoy every single moment of it. So yes, making insurance fun, you know, that's been a big priority for me. But insurance is like taxes. It's this thing that nobody talks <laughs> us about and it's super scary right can we just say <laughs> speaking of college like yes. can there just be like a full-on semester on just survival Life. in the world please <laughs> All, like. yeah and also like so there's health insurance and then you're like you buy a house and they're like well you need to insure that but also depending on where you live if it's in a disaster if it floods you need it for that there's so many different kinds like i w you could teach a whole course on just how to adult and that what would be that nice means. <laughs> it's so essential a crucial subject that yeah it, it really is like the subject that people don't get enough information about and then when you go online looking for more information there's so much it's very overwhelming so i've tried to take the insurance spaces and make it more of an educational route because I, I mean with the little time that i have with somebody on the phone i'm like let me teach you really quick and then we'll get you set up for a plan you know but there's really just a couple of key terms you need to understand what am i paying monthly you know what's my deductible a deductible is basically you have to pay that amount until your insurance actually kicks in so the lower the better <laughs> um and then what's my worst case scenario Mm -hmm. You know, like, God forbid oh. I get hit by a plane. Oh. What does that mean? <laughs> like, not that that's what I think. <laughs> that's just the first place my mind went. So yeah. if you know that about your insurance, then yeah. you're, you're an expert. Well, there you we know? go. See, uh, is, that, is that what has inspired you to, to, to do this? Because I feel already like I know more than I've ever learned. And you'd said like three things to me. <laughs> like, well, I tell people now, I'm like, social media is the way of the future. If you're not on it, you're dead to the world it's true that's you know? why we have Lindsay here but by the way behind the scenes um <laughs> yeah. so we got connected through Lindsay, who is a friend of mine and she's your social media manager and yes. came in here with um two tripods <laughs> and next and, next and i are like um can um, you leave those <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely working because aside from insurance i mean you have over ten thousand followers on instagram mm -hmm. so your reach is there and whatever you're doing whether it's insurance or you have like a t-shirt brand or a podcast <laughs> like finding that reach on social media is what's gonna get your message out there so you're definitely nailing that thank you yes i mean you have to make it a priority i genuinely think it's a full-time job and when you have multiple full-time jobs, the extra help is going to make all the difference. Yes. Where where did the inspiration come at, at a point, you know, working in insurance to kind of take it to social media and kind of evangelize it, it in sexy. a way, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like. um, you know, I always knew that social media was important, but it didn't really click for me until I brought it to my insurance world. Because when the, the fitness company that I used to run, I did the operations for that company. And the owner was always talking about posting and tagging and reaching out to people. And it felt more of like a nuisance back then. And I was mm -hmm. more, you know, not wanting to be in front of a camera, not wanting to reach out to people. I'm like, you don't know me. I don't know you. What are we doing here? So <laughs> before then, like I knew that existed. And we had gotten all of our leads through social media ads. So I was running like Facebook campaigns. We started playing around with Instagram campaigns. So that was always in the back of my mind. And then when I entered the insurance space, you know, I'm over here making 400 phone calls a day, just grinding it out, talking to people who Jesus. really didn't want to talk to me. Mm -hmm. But that's what I was taught when I came into this world. Like, hey, you have to reach out to people Cold until they- calling. That, yeah. That's an archaic way of doing business, it Absolutely. feels like. But I mean, if you don't have any other source of leads or way to reach people, then you got to make the phone calls. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, at least it was warm leads because these people were reaching out for health insurance. But, you know, when you put your information in the system and into the Internet world, everybody gets it. 
right? Yes. Uh-huh. So then they're getting their phones blown up. And anyway, so I'm making these phone calls. And some of the people I spoke to were like, Pre, to find a better way to reach people. Just go do that. I'm like, okay, you've inspired me. <laughs> and then it clicked for me. I'm like, social media, like Instagram is an unlimited source of people. And in another way, leads, right? So I just went on there and started messaging people randomly. You know, hey, my name is Parita. I hope you don't mind me reaching out smiley face. That was like my golden message, you know? (laughs) And at first, you know, I had a lot of people that ignored it. And then I had a couple of people that responded like, you know, what do you want? How can I help you? And then eventually I actually had a response from someone who turned out to be an influencer. I didn't realize at that time. And I would ask, you know, hey, you know, I specialize in private health insurance. I work with self-employed people. I worked with medical professionals, things like that. Maybe I can help you with better health insurance. And, you know, I got a lot of no's and then somebody were like, yeah, I, I love my insurance. Like, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm like, okay, well, if you know anybody else I could help, you know, I, I pay out per referral. And they were like, tell me more. So <laughs> that's when my first influencer partnership began. Mm. Just so you know, unexpectedly. And they tagged me on a post the next day and my life changed forever because then my schedule went from me just calling outreach all day to 10 appointments in one day for months for the past two years. And it hasn't really slowed down because after building one relationship with somebody and honestly just delivering on the care because they care about their followers. If they're going to put my name out there, they're putting their name on the line, Mm -hmm. but they've built such a strong audience with trust. And that's the most important thing when you're building yourself on social media is to have trust. And they did that. And by recommending me now people trust me too mm-hmm. and I've taken care of them and I've gotten another 10 you know partners since then so now social media has been my entire business and know. it's completely changed my life you know going everything gone right side up yeah and so my my story in the insurance world is definitely not your usual one but the kind of success that I've seen is you know the kind that people dream of so I'm very grateful mm-hmm. I had never really made the connection of like the old school cold calling is now the like slip into the DM. Like, kind of, like, yes. <laughs> like it's kind of the same feeling. And I, I can't imagine how many times people probably have ignored that and never, never even questioned it. I know I'm guilty of just like, Oh God, that's spam. I'm like oh, God, it's a virus. Spam. Oh God. Like, <laughs> well, you know, we're like our trauma from the Napster days. We're yeah. like, <laughs> blow our too, too many Spice Girls remixes <laughs> broke our family computer. Yeah. LimeWire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all of it. Well, you know, something you just mentioned that I almost brings this like full circle for us. And like the people we talk to is like, I feel like all of our dream is that our side hustle becomes our hustle. Like a lot of the people we talk to, but there is this like terrifying moment of like, Oh my gosh, if I quit my regular full-time job, like my insurance, my insurance, all my, my benefits. It's like, it's such a big deal when you finally get that. Like I remember my first full-time job, I was like, Oh my God, I have benefits. You feel like you hit the lottery, but it does make the idea of leaving your job feel heavy. Cause you're like, I don't, no one do those things like they do that for me right so it's it's really cool that you found a niche on social media because a lot of the influencers you work with are probably trying to become their own you know not work for a corporation or anything they're trying to work for themselves and having that having you to reach out to to guide them through the the hard part the adulty part right <laughs> probably really great <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like we are in a generation right now where people are going for it, you know, and that's so fun to see and so cool to see. So if I can make your life a little bit easier and take care of this thing so that, you know, God forbid something unexpected happens to you, you know, you're protected. Um, absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to be able to actually help people and make Mm -hmm. them feel a little bit safer. Yeah. Now, is it, um, the insurance that you do, does it have to be through a company or could say, I don't know, 
restaurant employees like myself just reach out to you absolutely because i've that's something that i've faced all my life being in bars restaurants it's rare that you work for anybody who offers health insurance it's just not part of our industry yeah and a lot of restaurant people you know we it's not exactly the safest environment all the time and it's um it's just something that we've struggled with and I I appreciate knowing that there are options out there for people like us because it's it's like I've gone almost twenty years without any real health insurance. You know, I get a little wow. bit off of my husband and a little this and a little that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I've to be honest, I've never had like real full health coverage because yeah. my industry just doesn't really do that, right. and it's unfortunate. And I wish there was more mm-hmm. options. So I'm yeah. glad that you bring this to light because thank you i might be doing a little research later yeah (laughs) Um, any industry where you don't have benefits provided to you is i can help right now the other thing is is a lot of people don't realize that even some employer plans are really not that great you know and can be very expensive especially again you're like you're like it finally happened you don't even look at what it is right (laughs) right and people don't know what they're paying people don't know what's being pulled out of their paychecks like there's such a lack of knowledge but your good hard-earned money is at stake here right now like with what you're spending and what you're getting from it so no i can definitely you know provide guidance to anybody that is looking for just some sort of coverage you know you don't need anything super fancy i always say to my clients i'm like nobody plans to be in the hospital nobody yeah. expects to end <laughs> up there uh, for that no <laughs> and then you get there and if you don't have insurance you're like wait one stitch is how much <laughs> right right <laughs> like forget it i'll put a butter butterfly band-aid on it i had fine. a client tell me once they're like burita let them take me i'll just die it's fine <laughs> just take, i'm fine oh, <laughs> i'll <God>. just die <laughs> Uh, well, I want to talk a little bit more about what you're doing beyond your business. Well, it is connected to your business world. You mentioned that you tell me what you were nominated for again. Yeah. So it's part of, um, it's called slaying Tampa Bay. Um, they're now actually going nationwide and doing a slaying the USA type of thing, but I know I love that. That is like the 2023 (laughs) Miss USA. Like I love that we're finally leaving that world behind. Can we please make slay USA the the one we all care about? Be standard. (laughs) Yeah. You know, what's been cool with this journey for me is that I'm in a male dominated industry and I'm a female that's dominating and that's become kind of like a platform for me, you know, because I've been through a lot in my past, even in my personal life and women empowerment and you know anybody needs to be empowered. Right. Of course. But like for, for women specifically, I know that there's so many like fears and mental blocks that get in the way from people to push themselves for a full potential, you know? So that's become a bit of a platform. And I think that might be why I was nominated just because it's something that I'm not really afraid to talk about. And it's something I'm just trying to help women like, have the courage to just go for it and do what they need to do. If it's getting out of a bad relationship, if it's pushing yourself in your career, whatever it is, like just go for it. And with slaying Tampa Bay and what they're, they're trying to do is they're sharing women's stories and, just by sharing a story is how you can inspire people because you're, you're leading by example. And then I have people that might reach out to me and say, Perita, you work so hard. You're doing so much. Like you make me want to work harder. And I'm like, hell fuck yeah, let's go. Yes. You know, like, that's what it's all about to me. So for what I'm doing outside of work, like if anything, work is a place where I get inspired and I get pushed because I have my agents. I have probably like 45 agents that are like my little family. They're like my kids right now, you know, so it's like a chance for me to be challenged to help them grow. And then I get to actually do that in a greater sense by putting it out on social media. Where do you see it going further after this? Like what do you where do you want to take this? Yeah, um, you know, I always had this dream of having my own TED talk. Um, and then having a place to really, I want to speak to students, you know, cause that's the time in your life where you're most influential, but you also need like, like to be influenced. And then you also need the most guidance. And I think sometimes we don't have that in the right way. Like you have your teachers, of course. Right. But maybe you don't have any other kind of guidance or, or, Hey, this is what's possible. And you know, we can remove the fear if you want to do something great. So I would love the opportunity to be able to speak to students and help them understand that, Hey, this is the world that we live in today. What do you want to do? Let's go do it. Yeah. So that's, I don't know. That's what I'm hoping to go. Totally. And like adulting class, I'm here for right, your talk. Yeah. Adulting class. <laughs> I, like. I, it's, it's true though. When you're in college, like you don't know where everybody's background is. I mean, some people have really supportive 
parents at home and some people may not. So to have somebody else besides a teacher to lean on and be like inspiring would be really cool, especially yeah. to see such a success story like yours. Thank you. I mean, like a mentor, you know, we yeah. all need one, someone that's just going to take your man or your mind and expand it a little bit further. Exactly. Yes. you want to share about your journey I know uh, Lindsay mentioned like you've overcome a lot like we'd love to hear more about what made you come to this point of like TED talk goals right (laughs) I think I've always felt out of place in everything that I've done in my life like whether it's a job that I was in whether it's the friends group that I had like I always felt like I didn't really belong where I was so most of my years I felt like I was you know a zombie just kind of going through the motions searching for something and then I tell people that I woke up at 25 the day after my 25th birthday you know I woke up I'm like looking around me I'm like what day is it what year is it like what happened like I don't remember anything and I thought to myself I'm like is this it like is this what I'm trying to do with this life that I've been blessed with like you know living for the weekends not really being excited about the day-to-day like this can't be it you know, and I, and there was just like a light bulb that went off and I thought to myself, there's gotta be more. And, and I've always wanted more. I'm like, I don't know if it's my parents that always try to put me in competitive environments. I love winning things, but I love like pushing myself. Uh, sometimes I want to go into like a military setting where I'm like being trained, like a, you know, I don't even know like what they call it. Camp, boot like, camp. Like, I just want to see yeah. how I do, you know, <laughs> like I, so I've always wanted to challenge myself, but the people around me were never like that. So, um, I, I put myself through different jobs, different careers. And then before I moved to Tampa, I was like, you know what? I'm ready to, to go all in on this entrepreneurial world. Like I, I, real success, like the great success does not come from a nine to five. It's not possible. Um, and I always wanted to like buy my parents a home and, you know, as to joke around about buying them a yacht, I'm like, you can't do that off of a 50, 60, 70 K a year salary. That's just not going to be possible. So when I decided to enter the entrepreneurial world, I was very scared to do it, but I was like, I think I have to. So I left everything that I knew behind. I left the salary behind and I came to Tampa um, to start a jewelry business of all things. Oh, Um, really? Yes. I liked pretty things and (laughs) I liked to make pretty things and people seem to want to buy those pretty things. So, um, you know, I was like Edward Scissorhands, just like making these like, (laughs) you know, but what was cool though is like, I would go door to door to these boutiques with my little briefcase of like different jewelry pieces, necklaces, earrings. And I was like, Hey, do you want to sell these in your store? (laughs) And I got orders, you know, and I I was, I ended up being in six studio or boutique, sorry. And um, they how, started. How long selling. ago was this? This was right in 2015 when I moved here. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, wow. yeah. So, um, you know, because I I would make it for fun, and then people were just like, "Hey, I would buy that. Like, are you selling this?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" So I'm like, "Let me monetize this passion of mine." Um, so I got into six boutique studios, or, and and then you know, you you can make something for a couple dollars, and they were selling it for like a hundred dollars. I'm like, "This is cool." Yeah. And then I quickly realized that I didn't like being alone in this little Mm. room making jewelry, you know, like, um, it was cool, but I've been people person. So I missed being around people. And while I was doing that, I also got my personal training certificate certification because I really loved helping people be healthy and I love working out. And, you know, it just looked really cool to be a trainer. Um, (laughs) Learned very quickly. It's not that cool. (laughs) Because especially when you work for like an LA fitness where they pay you $6 a session and keep the other 40, you know? Uh, So, uh, right. Okay. (laughs) Right. That's exactly what they do. And so, you know, they're just pushing people on you, but then you don't even get to give quality, like time and education for people to help them become healthy but so then what I did is I came across this boutique fitness studio they had this really cool high-tech workout you know I tried the workout and I'm like oh my god I feel like I'm gonna die this is great and I thought like maybe they're hiring and I could you know come train for them because this is way cooler than working at the LA fitness um and then you know I I they hired me And then the owner of this company had this big dream. He was like, 100 studios in five years. We're doing it. We're going across the nation. So I thought, this is awesome. You know, like, what a big dream. I support you. And uh, the problem was, however, he was still doing things on paper. 
<laughs> like, oh no, like your clients' information, payments, like everything's on paper. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if we're going to expand and be able to scale. <laughs> that doesn't scale very well. I can't well. write fast enough. <laughs> yes, <for> this. <laughs> this might not be it. So I was like, you know what? I'm super nerd. I love Excel. You know, let me just start to try to make some things better for him. <laughs> so I just decided to, I started making some documents, kind of organizing information for him. And I was like, here, let's try this. And then he was like, okay, you're promoted. You're now the chief operating officer. <laughs> it's oh. like that. Remember the, my big fat Greek wedding when she's like, we could use a computer. Like that's what this reminds me of. <laughs> Such an underrated movie, by the way. I know. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> but he was open to it, thank the gods, right? And then um, I was like, okay, nailed the dream job. Chief operating officer, I'm cool. Come on yeah. now. Yeah. I'm a boss. Right, like send it. And then <laughs> that role was where I found like, okay, you know, this could be it for me. I'm wearing all the hats. I am operations, sales, hiring, training. I had clients too. Um, one of my clients was, I like to call her the first lady of the University of Tampa because her husband oh. was president, right? And so they were two of our clients and I'm like, you know, this is important. I have people's health in my hand and they look to you as an expert. So that's when I really found what I felt like was my tribe. And then we opened from, you know, the one location to six by the time, you know, things went downwards. So over years, I was just working my butt off. I was in a relationship at the time. And, you know, when you're in a relationship and you're working 80 hours a week, it's like you see them at night. You see them on the weekends mm -hmm. a little bit because we had a podcast too. So I was working on the weekends doing podcasts. Um, and then we had opened in New York in 2019, which was obviously the biggest thing for us to go from Florida to New York of all places. But this really cool workout that we had, like it should have blown up, you know, but we opened in Manhattan where rent is like eight grand a month it's for something. ridiculous. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but it was cool. And I'm over here selling personal training packages for $2,000 a month. I'm like, who are these people that can afford this kind of stuff? Like, this is crazy. Oh, they pay that for a parking spot. Yeah. I mean, I guess they did, right? Because they were paying it. And so I had my sales hat on. I had my, you know, getting new clients hat on. So it was really fun to build this company from scratch, you know, and, and be able to challenge myself in that way. I don't even know what question you asked me, by the way. So I'm I just think gonna I keep was talking. just asking like what well, the, some where the, the journey was. The journey. Yeah. The journey. <laughs> the journey. Yes. So safe to say at the end of 2019, you know, turns out things weren't maybe being run in the best kind of way and that their the financial situation of the company was not what I thought. And then all of a sudden here we are where the owner's like, hey, I can't afford to, to keep you on anymore. Like and I'm like. Oh. How did we get here? Like, we never had a chief financial officer. We just, oh. you know, so it's like, mm, okay. So, you know, he had to let me go. And here I am. I, you know, was grinding for how many years and like making maybe what, 2K a month kind of thing. But it was a startup. I knew I was sacrificing yeah. what my worth was because I thought maybe I'd be an owner of the business. Yeah, right? exactly. So I was like sweat equity. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they call that, right? Mm -hmm. So he lets me go. And then um, I'm in a place in my personal life where I was engaged and about to be married in a couple of months. And, you know, I had a lot of fears at the time and, you know, it was hard for me to express them because there I was and, you know, our families and, and everything. We were together for six plus years. So I'm like, OK, we're, we're, we're doing this. There are things I'm scared of, but maybe it'll get better after we get married. I'm, I'm the person that thought that maybe once I had the title of wife that perhaps I would matter more and I would be, you know, treated differently that's that same sweat equity thinking right there yeah <laughs> so true yeah. i didn't even think of that did i wow <laughs> um yeah and then you know so i wasn't ready to give up on the relationship i just lost my career of all things i wasn't ready to like lose that too so we got married in mexico um you know beautiful wedding beautiful ceremony we gave a vacation to all of our, our guests because it was a destination wedding for like four days Indian weddings are like four days um and then like three days later the whole world shuts down right COVID. Oh, that was right. remember that thing uh, yeah. oh god <laughs> literally right there and the oh. whole world shuts down we get back to florida and people are like clearing out you know the toilet paper and i'm just like what do you mean like what what are people talking about what are these masks? you know so i'm like in, in this new world now and i'm a wife and this is cool but so the world shuts down and i lost my career and i'm with somebody who i used to spend a couple hours a day with you know if that and now we're just together the whole time all of the hours oh god like, yes. oh you know we're 
let's hang out, get to know each other a little bit. You know what I mean? (laughs) What are we doing? So then my first year of marriage was COVID, which for a lot of people was probably a rude awakening. And, um, you know, I was helping him build a business because he got into selling uh, what's it called? Masks, gloves. Like he was doing that. So he was making a killing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I know Amazing. how much they returned for those masks at the store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And so I'm just assisting and helping him build that business. And then in the meantime, I'm more depressed than I've ever been in my life, you know, because I've always been a career woman and now I'm in this place where I'm, you know, feeling really down about where I am personally, but also like my whole career and my existence, I've, I'm like lost. Right. And, and I don't know what to do. And I'm so depressed and I'm like, okay, well, I think I need to talk to somebody. I think maybe I need a therapist or somebody because I'm not okay. Um, I definitely didn't want to ask for help in that realm just because Mm -hmm. financially, like I didn't have an income and I didn't want to ask for money because there were times that I was told no and I couldn't take any more kind of rejection. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I need to reenter the workforce and stand on my own two feet. We, you know, we're talking about kids and stuff and I'm like, okay, well, especially if something happens to him, I need to be able to take care of our future family type of thing. So I, I, update my resume on indeed.com within three hours. I have this insurance, you know, brokerage company reach out to me like, Hey, we think you should interview. All right. That was easy. You know, like we did it. And then, um, I joined the insurance space. Um, and that place, like me being in this industry, I found my confidence back. I found my voice back. I was making money to be able to pay for a therapist. And she was like, Perita, this is not good. <laughs> like, you know, th- what you're feeling is true. Like I learned what gaslighting was like, you know, I just didn't know what yeah. was happening for all this time. Um, and then to be made aware and also be reinforced like, Hey, you're not crazy. You know, sometimes people just need to hear that. Mm -hmm. And I felt (laughs) crazy for all this time. Like my feelings were irrational or like, you know, because that's what gaslighting really is, is when you're being told that you're, you're overthinking or you're being, yeah, like Mm -hmm. you're putting that in your own head. I didn't do anything to create that. So, and then eventually you start believing that and you lose faith in yourself and your abilities to understand what's going on. So I was very lost and kind of the worst, most broken version of myself. So entering the workforce and coming into a new place. Um, you know, I would, did everything that I was told. And then, you know, the rest of the story, you guys know, like, I was like, let me try something different. And as much as I've been successful financially in what I'm doing, the, the ability to have my strength and confidence and voice back and stand on my own two feet, it gave me the strength to get out of that situation that I was in. So while I was on the rise in my new career, you know, I moved out of the house and then, the divorce, like everything like that happened. And, you know, at least I was able to come out of it on top where I know a lot of women don't. Often, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. You know, they get stuck in those things mm -hmm. and they can't get out of it. So, yeah. So, you know, that's really been my main journey. So I feel like the platform of being able to help women understand what their relationship looks like and it's okay to have feelings. And, you know, that's a whole nother aspect of what we're doing is is, is being able to connect with people on that realm. Yeah. It's so multidimensional because, you know, you're in this male dominated workforce and you're winning there. And then that personal growth too. It's like so many women are struggling with just one of those, but the fact that you managed to come outside of both of them in such a great spot, like that will help other people for sure. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to talk about it, you know, and, and I think that helps. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously I don't want to hurt anybody and he's a great guy with a great heart. He just wasn't the right one for me. And that's just what it is. And I want nothing but happiness for him. Like I, sometimes I want to reach out and say, are you happy? Good. Cause I want you to be, you know, mm-hmm. like I hope that this didn't hurt you as much as it might've hurt us. Like, so I, I really do want the best, you know, sometimes it's just, you don't get it right the first time, yeah. you know, and that's, and that's fine. okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but make sure you get out of it. Yeah. If it doesn't feel right is the message, yeah. you know, and don't yeah. sit in it. Cause some people will try to compensate and like, let's have kids. That'll fill my cup. Like, no, ah, yeah. no. You know, that's the opposite yeah. of what you want to do. So, well, thank you for sharing that story. I mean, it's a really important message. So thank you. we appreciate anybody who comes on here and I feel like it becomes therapy for all it of us. Right. <laughs> it's lovely. One thing I did want to ask, because 
you uh, you were talking about how kind of like breaking out of the nine to five mold and me again, not knowing anything really about insurance. I, I think of it and I'm like, well, that sounds like very nine to five officey, but the way you talk about it does not sound like that at all. And like, what is, like, what does your day to day look like? Like, what is your office world like? Yeah. So when I started in the insurance space, I was, you know, just an agent. Um, you come in, you work the hours, which sound aggressive, but it is 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Okay, I know. For those reasons. <laughs> yes. Now, and what I tell people is I'm like, we're young right now. You know, we have the ability to grind. I don't want to work until I'm 65. I do not. So my goal is to work until, you know, maybe my 40s, right? And then what I'm doing, I'm working hard enough now, I'm building a future. I'm going to learn how to invest the money that I'm making. But, you know, so eight to eight, I mean, the reason why is we're not trying to make an income. We're trying to make a significant income is Mm. what I like to say. So if you're somebody who feels like they want to do more and want to have that life that other people dream about, then why not go all in right now when you can? You know, I don't have any kids. I don't have anybody else that's going to, you know, be that I have to give commitment to other than myself right now. So, and so, so when I come in, you know, you're, you're on the phones, you're reaching out to people. Everybody needs health insurance. It's just a matter of finding the people that do and making sure that you're help putting them in a better position. And the reason why those hours exist the way they do is because we can sell insurance across the whole US. So outside of 5 p.m., now I'm able to access the West Coast, you know, because mm. a lot of people are not able to talk during the day because they're at work. So we kind of need to reach them in the evening hours. And if you want something significant, you have to do more than just the bare minimum. So it's not meant for everybody. I definitely will say that you have your people that want balance. I don't have balance, right? Mm. I'm, I'm, I actively know that though, you know, because this is what I signed up for because I will have balance later and I'll have a lot more you know, financial stability and freedom to have balance, not on a budget. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so that's kind of on the yacht. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What I've done and tried really hard is to focus on building a really fun work environment for people. So we do a lot of celebrating when people hit milestones, they get to go designer shopping. Like, you know, we spoil everybody. Yes. Because you have to be somebody who's hungry. You have to be motivated. You have to want more than just the bare minimum. Right. And if you want that and you're willing to do the work, this is the place for you. So I'm hiring on my team. I probably bring on three, four agents every single month. So our family has been expanding and the insurance world is about to go into our main event of the year if we will um open enrollment which mm. is november and december so it's like these next two months are crucial if you want to be able to maximize on that time frame because that's when you can make multiple years worth of salaries in just two months you know because wow. wow. that's when i'm going to be working you know 8 a.m till midnight every single night so it's it's fun to be a part of something, but it's it's more fun to be able to actually have a place where you can build your future. You know, we have people that are making six figures in their first year, and maybe you don't even have a college degree. Maybe you don't even have a background in sales. Sales is simple. It's communication. All you have to do is have the ability to talk to somebody, maybe make them laugh so that they don't feel so bored talking about health insurance. Like who wants to do that? You know, I always say, I'm like, you're either, you want to be my best friend when we get off the phone because I made you laugh 10 times. Otherwise I didn't do my job. You know, that's how I look at it. And let's make insurance great again. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah. I like sexy. Let's yes. make it sexy. Let's make it sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, which you are definitely doing because yes. it, 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 it needs a rebrand. <laughs> yes. and, you, and you definitely have the motivation and the uh, inspiring story to be the face of that. So amazing. Yeah. Well, gosh, thank you so, thank much, you so much for, for doing being this. Here. This thank was so you. fun. We appreciate it. You coming and setting up all your video stuff too. I'm excited to see what comes out of today. (laughs) Lindsay can make everything look amazing. So we'll have awesome clips. You're setting the standard for our uh, future episodes now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And still to come, Sam and I put a pin in the calendar and circle back for our mid-year review. Since, you know, we just surpassed 20 episodes and we're in the middle of summer, I think it's a good time that we have a A mid-year review. review.
then our goal setting. We're going to set goals. Um, We're going to not go for the low-hanging fruit. Yes. Or, or do you go for the low? I still don't know. Well, I think you don't supposed- go for the low. That's like taking the easy way, the out, easy way out, basically, which yeah. they could just say that, you know, but instead no. we got to get fruit involved. No. <laughs> <laughs> they were just minding their own business. So we don't want the easy fruit. Okay. Who decided to rebrand fruit in such a poor way? <laughs> okay. So 21 episodes now. 21. We're, oh my gosh, we can drink. We can. Our show can drink now. <laughs> Our show has been drinking illegally. (laughs) (laughs) And very publicly. Very publicly. Yes. Um, I think I feel so amazed at how many different types of people we've managed to chat with. I agree. I, I, I'm really impressed, not just us, like how many people were just like ready and willing to do this. I know. I think people love the chance to just talk. About themselves. Yeah, it's same. Really, it's really amazing. Yeah, <laughs> sort of we, like, we we've built a platform on it. <laughs> like it's nice having them here, but my God, do you hear me? <laughs> yes, and I even attempted to do a podcast on location at our cousin's wedding in Austin. I pull out a tiny microphone, which you know it, it wasn't a super success, but the wedding weekend was great. It was me screaming obscenities. <laughs> Into a tiny microphone. Max might have called the light lighting homophobic. homophobic. <laughs> it was home. Okay, we were at our cousin's wedding. Amazing wedding, by the beautiful. way. Beautiful. Austin, amazing city. Hot, but Hot, that's okay. But really cool trip. Like a really good time. Um, and two weddings, two weddings for one because it was so cool. There was the our cousin's now husband is um, a part Eritrean, so. There was two ceremonies. There was the uh, traditional American wedding, and then there was also um, an Eritrean wedding. Yes. Two nights wedding, two nights free food and drinking. <laughs> Good time. I'm on board. Yes. Um, the first night, however. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like the no, notes. No, best just, time. Just, just, just bring out the notes. Julia, uh, if you're listening. No. <laughs> no, everything was amazing. But... You know, as often events do, once it's time to be done, you know, lights got to come on. Everything's got to go. And boy, at 11.01, those lights came on. And music cut. It was like done. Yeah, it was a hate crime. (laughs) (laughs) We were in the moment jamming and then it was like, y'all got to go. And she teased us. She gave us late night tacos and everything. Yes. Oh, the food in Austin Delicious. Even just like the random little things, like every, uh, not a bad meal in Austin. Definitely not. And she served tacos at like 10 o'clock, the late night snack, you know, sometimes some weddings do that. And I felt, I remember when somebody said, Max, tacos, this sort of like night of the living dead, like reanimator body (laughs) movement that I just sort of went towards the glowing (laughs) hot lamp. And they were all wrapped individually in tinfoil, which something about Ugh. that, it just screams like after school snack, like delicious. Like I want to eat all of them. He <laughs> shoved that thing in one bite into my <laughs> face. It was so good. But um, yeah, the lights came on shortly after and I saw inside my body, I yep. think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been a fun summer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're in, we're, we're like uh, halfway through the year. I guess halfway through recording. Well, we launched in March. To this, I don't. Yeah, no. I mean, we launched in March, and uh, I don't think that we had a plan except to keep going. (laughs) We hit record and never stopped. And every week, I'm like, "Oh, this person is coming," and we're like, "Oh, cool." It's doing it again. And it's been going very well. We'd love to know from you, the listeners, who you'd like to have on. Yeah, taking requests. Yes, because we have. We have we have done that. We have taken mm-hmm. requests, or you know, people have mentioned names to us, and we have sought them out and got them on the show. Yeah. Well, Parita from this episode reached out to us. That's right. So that's always a cool feeling too. When they're like, "Hey, we want to come chat." Like, I remember the first time that happened, <laughs> and you were like, "Are we, are the, we the cool, cool kids? <laughs> like, we're the popular kids. Are we like? Are we them?" <laughs> Uh, it's a good feeling and we like to have it. So I guess that's working out in our favor. It is. I wanted to just, because I, 
I think it's hilarious. Bring up the story from the wedding about the shirt you wore really quick and just retell it. Because we did post it on our Instagram. But just in case somebody was out of context. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Back to the, the, the two-night wedding situation. So, again, first night, American-style wedding. Pretty traditional, you know, go to a wedding, dress up, whatever. Second night. There was some options and guidelines for outfits. So Julia, our cousin, was telling me that part of the Eritrean tradition is you pick colors for your wedding and that like, she had picked that red and white combo. Yes. So the options were wear red, white, or I think black there was, was an option. There was yeah. black highlights. Um, or wear the traditional wedding um clothing attire of your own culture yes which it, for us in america is like you know i'm cocktail dress so yeah, i had a I red cocktail dress is. on but I um yeah so and, and it was cool because like one of the guests uh is from senegal so she wore a very traditional wedding senegalese outfit uh, so it was kind of a cool mix of cultures and mm-hmm. when i you know when i'm given a directive <laughs> for an outfit um <laughs> I love it. I love a theme. I, you know, yes, I love a theme. a theme. I, I'm all about a theme, but I was like on the fence. Cause I was, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect a culture, but I want to, I don't want to appropriate it either. I wasn't right. sure like what the guidelines. So I reached out to her and I was like, you know, can you just kind of go over like, what's, what's, what's the vibe on this? And she's like, it's totally just guidelines. It's, 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 you know, whatever you want to do, just if you can fit it into the red, white, black kind of motif, um, that's totally fine or whatever you're comfortable with. So I was like, okay. And we go, uh, my husband and I decide, um, that we're, we we weren't going to get any new outfits for the first night because we had, you know, suits and shirts that we could kind of put together. Um, but I wanted to do something fun for the second night. Yes. And I was like, maybe we can find a cool, like vintage moment. I was like, we're going to be in Texas. Let's find something fun. <laughs> and also like two nights of dressing up. Come on. Yes. We go to art pool in St. Pete, which if you know, is like vintage borderline costume clothing. Like it's not just like any old thing. Like they curate a collection. Like if you were going to like a groovy seventies party, like you could find that whole outfit there. Or if you were going to go to like an eighties roller derby, like you could find that outfit there. Like it's almost costume clothing, but like actual very cool cool spot. Yes. So we're in there. We're looking in the men's department, not really seeing anything, (laughs) not, not feeling the vibe. And I was like, whatever, I'll just get wear something I have. And then, like, I turn and there's this mannequin in the window. And the mannequin. It's just like you're describing, like, a rom com. <laughs> and the mannequin is in, like, Texas rodeo black with, like, a fringe that went all the way around the chest and torso. Very like, traditional cow, boy, cowboy, western. White, black with white fringe on it. And I was like, this is it. <laughs> this is the shirt. And I was like, okay, I let me just try it on. Can I try it on? And he was like, sure. Just so you know, it's $75. I was like, attacked? Yeah. What? Rude. Aggressive? Like, what? This is a this is a pre-worn short shirt. <laughs> like, I'm like, why are you just attacking me with the price? But I guess people like think it's cheap or whatever. I don't know. And I was like, that's fine. We'll see. I just kind of want to try it on. We're going to this wedding in Texas. And he's like, oh, ha, 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 ha. And uh, I put it on and it fits perfect. I mean, per- like when I say perfect, it it does that thing where it hides the like bump on yes. the torso. It it elongated me. And I was like, I'm not taking this off. I'll take it. I'm just going to. This is the one splurge I'm going to have for this wedding. I can come up with everything else on my own. So we go to check out and I'm paying the guy. And he's like, do you need a bag or anything? I was like, yeah, something to hang because I'll have to get it into a piece of luggage. He's like, oh, you're really going to wear this to a wedding? I was like, like, yes. What did you think? What did you think? He's like, no, man, that's awesome. Um, So, yeah. So and then then we show up. Literally everybody is in white. Like literally everybody's in white. Like they took the red, white, black and just chose white. (laughs) White with like red accents, like no black. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. I stick out like a thumb, which 
yeah, I'm okay with, but I also don't want to piss anybody off. And everybody, like, everybody seemed to enjoy it until yes. I got caught on Instagram <laughs> saying this guy understood the memo. Yes, or, because of the um, dress to your culture. They thought you were dressing to, like, America. Like, yeah, they, they were like... <laughs> Texas. <laughs> the traditional wedding garb of your culture and then there's like an arrow on her story to you <laughs> like doing like shuffling through a conga sh- line shaking my fringe <laughs> yes the mid-year review was more oh, just yes. uh we talked about the wedding but but other than that, um, we have some other stuff coming on um, up for the for the back end of the year, which would be fun, which includes a cruise with our entire mother side of the family. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember, um, speaking of cruises, <laughs> do you remember when we would go on cruises uh, with our family growing up and, and our mom thought you got left behind by the cruise ship? <laughs> So, um, this story has been spun against me so many ways. I thought that you were kidnapped and in a sex trafficking ring. This is the platform, I guess. This is where I'm going to unpack this. So we were on a cruise in the Caribbean we were on like the private, you know how like they have all the Coco K. Coco it's like K. the one owned by the cruise ship. Yeah, yeah. So we're there. Not a lot of places to go. I mean, it's a small island. It's a very small island. So we all, as a family, get on this. I'm telling my side of the story. <laughs> we can invite our mother on to tell her side later. But <laughs> <laughs> we all, as a family, deep board, deep. Deep, how do you, how do you get off a boat? Disembark, thank you. Yes. <laughs> we disembark the, the ship and we go to the island on the little boat and we set up a camp of, you know, beach chairs and things for the whole family. And that's our spot. Great, great, awesome. Everybody's doing their own thing. I want to go snorkel because there's some little like plane. You can like rent your activity. Yeah, everybody, there was activities. And there's like, oh, there's this little like plane wreck you can like just snorkel out to. You don't have to like go scuba. You know, there was just like a little thing. So I was like, I'm going to go do that. So I go snorkeling and you, you, you're, you're out there. You're not too far, but it's definitely a swim. And I'm out there doing the thing, looking at the fish, looking at the wreck. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> and it's, you know, some time goes by and I come back to the shore. <laughs> this is important. I need the details to be exactly correct from my perspective. <laughs> Because I've been accused of so many things that I get out of the water and I go back to our camp and there is nothing. I tell you, nothing of our families left there. And I was like, these fuckers just up and left without me. So I'm thinking the whole family went somewhere else. So I do like two or three loops around the entire island. I'm walking around. I'm looking around. I go up into the restaurant. I go, I'm like, what, what happened? Where were, were other people there still? Yeah. The, still full pe- oh, of people. Okay, okay. This is not like late. This is not like you as Tom Hanks. No. <laughs> looking at the island. Abandoned. The ship is gone. <laughs> um, no. And, and um, so... I'm looping around, and by this point, I'm now getting a little pissed. I'm like, did they really just, like, leave without telling me, without any sign? They didn't even leave, like, our little brother behind to (laughs) find me or something. And I finally just kind of give up because I've been walking in circles. And I'm like, I guess they all went back to the ship. And so I get on the little ferry boat, the... I never know what these things a are dinghy? called. A dinghy? It's the, not a there's dinghy. A, there's a the, the name for that boat. The Yes. The my my sh- uncle whatever. is screaming into the yeah. <laughs> radio right now telling me it's what a, it is. Uh, no. um, so we, I, I, get, I go back to the ship because I'm assuming, okay. In a huff. All things. Angry. I'm angry. Because <laughs> I think everybody left without me and went back to the ship for lunch or for whatever. And so I go back to the ship also thinking like, if we're all lost, we all have to be on this eventually. 
So I'm back there and I go huffing down the hallway and I'm like, <laughs> left me on the island. And I knock on the door. Nobody's there. Like not a person. And, and then, we were in separate rooms. So like me and you usually share. And then our mom had a slightly bigger one. So multiple places to check for us. Yeah. And finally, I, I'm now realizing, oh shit, they're all still on the island and I'm on the boat. And so now I'm like rushing back and forth, trying to figure out what to do. And I, I find this like little balcony that overlooks the, the boarding area. <laughs> You're going to shout down. And I'm waiting and I'm watching to see if you guys are getting back on the ship. And I finally see um, Bobby, our stepdad, and Monica and Ryan, our our siblings, and you. And I'm like, oh, there they are. Okay. And I run down to to the area and I'm like, oh my gosh, where were you guys? And Bobby looks at me and he's like, oh. Oh, no. Our mom stayed behind. Your mom is furious. And this is like, now I feel like with with our phones, there would be some way to communicate through Facebook Messenger, through WhatsApp. Like we, we, we really take advantage of how true. easy we, it is. I forgot to mention, like there was none of there's this at the no, time. No, I mean, there's just, all you can do is check with the cruise ship and see if you scanned in or out. Yeah. So I see all of you and I didn't even notice that mom wasn't with you guys. And he's like, your mother's looking for you right now. And I was like, well, I was looking for you. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, no. So our mother, to hear her tell it, is now... Circling the island. In her, like, Helen Hunt moment. <laughs> in her era, searching desperately for her child. Like... You had been swept out to sea. Waiting for every ship, every last carrier boat to come back. Oh, and. God. She is the last passenger. <laughs> she has the Coast Guard, on, I don't know, the, the, the island security people on jet skis out looking for my body. Oh, my God. As if I washed away. And she finally gets to the, to the dock and they're checking the manifest, the, the, the list of people. And she sees that I checked on to get onto the ship and she collapsed in tears <laughs> into his arms. Thank God he's here. He's alive. So it was all a misunderstanding. I was not trying to fake my death and start a new life on an island. Oh. I did not irresponsibly swim far away. It was just a miscommunication and a comedy of errors and contributed to uh, my anxiety for the rest of my life because I was with them and on the receiving end of we can't find Max we can't find Max and I'm like we can't find Max what where did he go but you know you really set her up because uh, <laughs> then Ryan, our youngest brother, came along and made it his whole M.O. to just disappear. <laughs> That's places. So, um, you know, she you were really a practice run because he put her through it a few times, too. <laughs> just like boarding trains as a toddler, like without the family. Um, uh, well, yeah. I promise on this next cruise that we go on, I will not disappear. And maybe on the next one, I will... I will properly bring my, I'll properly sit down with my mini microphone and we'll get some better audio on, on site. We'll record. Yeah. Yeah. From the Island. Yeah. If we, and we have a lot of family that listen. I know our cousin Wendy and her kids love to listen. So maybe we can. They do. And they love to send me Oreo reviews and I <laughs> really appreciate them. <laughs> And they they shouted "Holy Toledo" last time they That's waved right. themselves in public. We officially have a catchphrase. Yes, it's official. Well, twenty one episodes in, I think I think we're doing great, and uh, I think we're doing great. I, we appreciate all of you who listen and like and follow and all of the things and share. Yeah, we're gonna try to film more. Yes, and then eventually get this thing on the road. <laughs> on the road, on tour, or at least like broad. I would love to like broadcast live from a bar sometime. You yeah, know, something like that. Like come, come, hang out with us, and yeah, yeah, that would be so fun. All right, we got goals. We got plan. We've set goals. our intentions. 
Yes. We're not. Perita would be proud. Yeah. Yeah. Perita <laughs> would be. No, she's got me like motivated. Like she, I, I'm like no. thinking like I, I'm not a loser. I'm a, I'm in the winning mindset. I'm, slay. I'm slaying. I'm slaying. <laughs> um, what would Perita do? Okay. We've set our intentions. No low hanging fruit. No. 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 No low-hanging fruit. What's the opposite of a low-hanging fruit? A high-tiered high. tater tot. <laughs> tater tots don't grow in trees. We're gonna go for the we're gonna go for the high, pointy fruit. Yeah, pointy pears. We're gonna go for the pr- pr- pointy prickly pears. That's us. All right. Okay. We're, yeah. All right. We'll All see right. You. See you next week. Yeah, bye.